Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is a show where we get to talk about you, whatever's going on with you. Look, life is tough. And around the holidays, it could be a tough time. You can bring back memories that are difficult to deal with. And you might say, how do I, how do I get through these holidays? How do I deal with what's going on in my life? Well, I'm here to help you. Look, if you want to talk, the number is 866 866- 391-1020, or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Look, you may want to, you may have a loved one and you think, I really want to tell this loved one something. I want them to hear this message so badly, but they're just not listening. And you want to know, how do I tell it to them? How do I say it to them? Let me tell you something. For 20 years, the work I've done, I often call myself a translator. In other words, I say I take the things that you really want to say to people and I help you say them in a way that can actually be heard. Because look, if, if, if communication was as simple as just saying whatever's on our mind and that worked every time, that'd be awesome. Unfortunately, you know all too well that that's not the case. If you just have an impulsive thought and you say it, you could likely shut someone down. You can make someone really angry. You can contribute to conflict. But maybe you have something really good that you want to say to someone. Maybe you have something that you know could really change your loved one's life and change the course of direction that they're on. But how do you say it in a way that they'll actually hear it? Well, give me a call, 866-391-1020, And I'll help you figure that out. I love the emails. I love the texts. We have a bunch of them that we'll get to tonight. But I love even more hearing from you directly. The more I hear from you directly, the more I know that we can talk through specifically what you're going through. Because maybe you're alone. Maybe you're going to be alone through the holidays. And that's difficult. I want you to know you're not alone. You can give me a call and I'm going to be here with you. But maybe you want to share some things that you've done with your family and you're you're thinking about those traditions and you're wondering how that's going to impact your mental well-being in this holiday season. This is the place to call to talk it through. 866-391-1020. But I'm excited with some of the things I'm going to get to share with you tonight. Uh, One of these ideas came to me today. Look, it's, it's basketball season. So Uh, There's something called pivot in basketball. So to pivot is to turn. So listen to this. In the sport of basketball, to pivot is to keep one foot in place as you freely move the other one. The pivot foot can't be picked up, but it can turn. So players use it to move around the rest of their body. Even they can change directions, even though they have to keep that one foot still. A pivot is not necessarily a big movement, but it is a turn. So listen to this. Maybe you can't get out of your current job. Maybe you're stuck in it. Maybe you're headed somewhere right now and you can't be where you want to be in this moment. Maybe you're in the car somewhere and you're thinking, this is not where I want to be going and you feel stuck. Maybe you're in a committed relationship that's in a rut. Maybe one proverbial foot of yours either has to or at the very least is staying in one place right now. But that doesn't mean you can't pivot. No matter where one or both of your feet are planted, 
your mind is free to turn in any direction you like. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if your mind's not currently facing peace, it sure would be worth you pivoting in that direction. So give me a call tonight and I'll help you face the direction of peace. 866-391-1020 is that number. But so when we talk about the holidays, when we think about what comes up in the holidays, a lot of times people struggle with depression. And that is a very real thing. That is a very real thing. Chemically, you might be down. You might find yourself with your thoughts really spiraling downward. You might say, I feel awful, and I don't understand why I feel so awful. And that is a wonderful thing to start to talk out. Because if you don't talk it out, it can get big. A lot of times, the struggles that you face mentally, internally, are really big. Because think about this. How big is anxiety? How big is depression? There's no size to it. So when you start spiraling in your mind and you allow yourself to get really kind of go bigger and bigger in your mind, you can find yourself really upset. Whereas when you talk about ideas, the moment you say them out loud, you crystallize them. You put a size to them. And when you put a size to them, they're manageable. So a lot of times I've heard people say through the years, well, I I can't even tell you what's been going on. It's just been so, it's been so awful. I've been I've been in the house for for two straight days now. And then when they say it out loud, they're like, well, I guess two straight days when I say it out loud, maybe it's not as bad as it sounds. And that's not to say to minimize that it might be really hard to be in the house for two straight days. But what it is saying is sometimes when we say that out loud, it's not as catastrophic as we tend to make it out to be in our minds. And I want to help you shine a light on the thoughts that you're having. Look, it gets dark early in the wintertime, and when it gets dark early outside, we can kind of mimic that by having things get dark on the inside. So part of what this show is about is shining a light on what's going on inside of you. So maybe you don't know how you, maybe you can't quite put a finger on what's going on inside of you, and you want to call and just talk about that and say, help me figure out what's going on inside of me, because I'm not really sure what's happening inside of me. I just know I feel off. If you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. Again, maybe you don't feel like talking. You say, I want to email. The email is on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com. And of course, you can text at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. But I'd love to hear from you because in hearing from you, I'm able to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? But one of the main themes that I threw out on uh, Twitter today, you know, one of the great things about Rob Pratt is he helps me out a lot. He does these videos with me, and we did, he's, we helped me post it on the Twitter there. My Twitter is at dr underscore Conti, and we'll, we'll throw these videos up on Twitter, on Facebook, and tell you a little bit about what's coming up in the show. So tonight we talked about, I said, I want to talk about whenever you want to say something to someone and you just don't know how to say it. I want to help you figure out how you can say it. Because believe me, it can be crippling to know you're going to enter into the holidays and have some tension with a family member. Maybe you're going to have some tension. You think, how am I going to deal with this? I know the tension's coming. They know the tension's coming. How do we prepare for it? Look, 
as my dad told me growing up, what you anticipate is much less of a problem than what you don't anticipate. So if you prepare for something, you're going to be more ready to face it than if you don't prepare for it. And we think we, we tend to forget that when we have emotional situations, like when you go into your holiday gathering, you might not be able to get a do over, right? When you get in there, once you have that situation, you have that situation. But if we talk ahead of time, I think you'll be a lot more prepared for it. So the number is 866-391-1020 or the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show about life. Your life, not just anybody's life, your life, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you want to talk out. Say you got an issue, you have somebody you want to, you know, figure out how do I handle this person? How do I handle this situation? This is the show to call in and talk about it. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email me on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Um, That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So really good text question here is I feel like I'm constantly stressed and I'm in a routine of stress, stress, and more stress. So how do I change my internal dialogue around to be less stressed? And that's Sarah on the text line. Sarah, great question. I love that you use the phrase internal dialogue. That's a big word. That's a big phrase. Internal dialogue is our, 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 our thoughts, our inner thoughts, our self-talk. So we all talk to ourselves. We all talk to ourselves. And what we say to ourselves determines how we feel, or at least it impacts how we feel in a very strong way. So if what we're saying to ourselves is, oh no, I can't take it, I can't take it, I can't take it, we're going to feel really, really stressed. So think about that. Think, think if you're, Sarah, if you're dealing with a lot of stress and your mind is racing, how can I do this? How can I deal with this? then there's a good chance that you're getting yourself maybe more amped up than you need to be. So I wonder if you could, since I love that you're aware of the word internal dialogue, I want, I love that you're already aware that your thoughts do impact you. So taking some time to say, what is it that I'm saying to myself? What is it that I'm saying to myself and how are those thoughts impacting me? Sometimes taking that step back and doing that can be transformative. So here's a really cool fact. We cannot hold two opposing physiological states at the same time. In other words, we cannot be anxious and calm at the exact same time. So think about what your breathing is like, Sarah. Think about how do you breathe when you're feeling stressed? And a lot of times we're not mindful of our breath. So my wife and daughter and I are doing family yoga. We're doing these this yoga together as a family, and it's really awesome. We have a great teacher, and we really love doing it. So one of the things that we all three have commented on is how we come back to our breath. Like in yoga, you come back to your breath again and again. And Lee... Our yoga teacher says, sometimes we forget about our breath. We forget, we forget that we're breathing. We forget about it. 
And that's such a great point because we do. Sometimes we just forget about our breath. So we become intentional about the way we breathe. So Sarah, what I would love for you to do is be mindful of your breath when you start to feel really stressed. Start to be aware. How am I breathing? Am I breathing rapidly or am I breathing slowly and peacefully? And then I want you to be mindful of that internal dialogue. Like you said, I want you to continue to be mindful of that internal dialogue because that's really, really important. It's such a great question. And I appreciate that, Sarah. Be mindful of your breath along with being mindful of that internal dialogue. Let's go to the phone lines, and Cynthia, you are on KDKA. Cynthia, can you hear me? Cynthia, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, you're on KDKA. Oh, hi. Um, I was calling in because I wanted to see if I could get Dr. Christian Conte's advice. Um, I've been having a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and stress my family as well. Cynthia, you are on with me. This is Dr. Conti. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, I wanted to see, like, for example, my brother got incarcerated about, like, two months ago now. And oh. so um, it's been very, very stressful on everyone. And I've gone to the doctor to try to get, like, anxiety medication and, like, depression stuff. But I have the pill with me, but I never want to take them just because, I want to be able to control my own like emotions, you know? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. That is really, I think a lot of people don't understand oftentimes. So I do a ton of work in the prison system. Um, and I think a lot of times when someone becomes incarcerated, others don't realize that that's a big impact on everyone in the family. And mm -hmm. I think people are tend to be judgmental around that. So definitely my heart goes out to you because that is a lot of stress for you. So the anxiety yeah. that you're dealing with, uh, when did that begin? The anxiety happened when, for example, um, well, with everything going on, um, you know, they went to everybody's house because they have to investigate everything, you know. And so, like, it's all it's all done already. But I, um, my anxiety just I've always kind of had anxiety and it's something that runs in my family. Um, but it just got really bad after that because I just kept um, thinking about how like everything kept replaying and how like. I wish that I could give words of comfort to my mom and to my dad and like I can't, you know, and I wish that I could tell him, you know, that even though it seems like this is the worst time ever and that it can change, like I can go in there and talk to him, you know? Right, right, right. So I love, I mean, you, I can tell even over the radio, I can tell your heart and that's awesome. I think to have a big heart and to want to help your family like that, to want to fix it for them comes from an absolutely beautiful place. But you're right in that you're not able to, we, I wish we could just reach into someone's heart and fix it for them or have them just feel better, but we can't. And I can see how that could contribute to some anxiety with you. One of the interesting things is people who are more intelligent tend to struggle with anxiety. And here's one of the reasons why, because anxiety largely is around having these, I, I want to call them irrational fears, but I want to hang tight with that word irrational for a minute. In other words, we have fears over something that's not actually there, and that's where anxiety can build up. So anxiety and fear are pretty much the same thing to your brain. Your brain registers them the same way. So if you had a lion mm -hmm. running at you, you'd have your, the, your brain would do the same thing, say, alert, look out, look out, look out. 
And when you're intelligent and you're struggling with anxiety, what's happening is your brain is creating a story. Like, oh no, I have to fix this for my mom and dad, or I have to fix this for my brother and I can't do this. So I would Mm -hmm. have you be mindful from the start of the type of self-talk that you're, that you're giving yourself. Mm -hmm. What kinds of words and things do you find yourself doing to the extreme? Like I have to do Um, this. What I'm, what I worry about a lot or what I find myself saying to myself all the time is like, Oh, what if, um, like, you know, what if this doesn't get better? What if it gets worse? And like, even though I know that it's done, I know that everything is done. I know he's in there and like, they're not, you know, going to continue all those other scary things that they did. Um, like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I feel kind of like, I, I know it's nothing the same, like when people go to the army, but I feel like kind of like PTSD a little bit sometimes, you know? So I want to, yeah, I want to kind of validate that because I, I, you almost feel like you have to justify that because he's going to be incarcerated, that he's incarcerated, that you, it's not allowed to be called PTSD because it's not the military. But the truth is your brain is reacting to an extreme stress. So yes, PTSD mm-hmm. is something that's reasonable to put on the table for what you might be experiencing. Absolutely mm-hmm. it is. And, and, and it comes down to that what if. So I'm really kind of, it's excellent that you can identify that phrase because that phrase in particular really adds to anxiety because you say, because think about the what ifs. I mean, we're on a spinning ball in the middle of a solar system in the middle of, you know, there are a lot of what ifs out there. Mm-hmm. So a key thing for you to do is take that phrase what if and be mindful of that and say, okay, listen, when I start to go down what if, there are going to be lots of things that I, I can't change, but I'm safe in this present moment. So this might mm-hmm. sound like this doesn't link, but I promise you this links. If you start to say to yourself, whenever that word, what if comes up, you just think about, you say to yourself, I'm safe, I'm okay, or I'm cool, whatever words work with you, but like, I'm safe, mm-hmm. I'm cool, I'm okay. The more you tell yourself you're safe, the more your brain registers saying, I'm okay, I'm safe. And then you don't give yourself that extra cortisol that the words, what if, send through you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely does. What I wanted to see was, so with this situation going on, um, because they have to go to like trial and everything, you know, and it's just like, it sucks because no parent wants to see their kid go through that. And people make mistakes. But I, what I wonder is like, am I going to have to deal with like, with this feeling like the rest of my life, you know, because I'm only 25. Or like my parents, you know, I feel like they're at the age where they should be relaxing, not like stressing about this stuff, you know? Yeah, I wish I could say that your parents could, I mean, that they're, they're not going to stress. They are going to stress about this. It is a tough time. It's a, Realistically, it is a tough time. You know, one of the things that I never say is everything's going to be okay because I don't know that everything's going to be okay. But what I can say mm-hmm. is that, you you know, you are okay in this present moment. Like you're fit, you are physically safe in this moment. And at 25, mm-hmm. I can promise you this, things do change. So one of the most profound things that I wish I could reach in your heart and have you feel is this. There will be a beginning and a middle and an end to how you feel around this. Like you'll get through this and you will start to feel differently about this. I promise you time will change your perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, it's hard to trust helps. that. Yeah, it's hard. And it's hard to trust that, Cynthia. It really is. It's hard to trust that time will change it. But I promise you it really will. Um and, you know, I didn't mention, you're, you're calling from California. I definitely appreciate yeah. uh, you calling in from California, and uh, I'm grateful that you called in the show. I hope that you can take something from that 
uh, in terms of really being mindful of that what if and be easy with yourself and be patient with yourself to understand there will be a beginning and a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for calling, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Definitely. So what a powerful situation that Cynthia just described for us, that what if, and I know there are some of you out there that are also struggling with stuff like that as well. The number is 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. This is the show where you get to talk about what's going on with you on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management, 866-391-1020, or email on the dollar bank instant access, kdkaradio.com, or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. We've been filtering some or, or getting fielding some beautiful and powerful text that we're going to get to. Um, let's go to the phone lines right now. G, you're on KDKA radio. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to say it the best way I can. I, I do suffer from anxiety real bad. And, and the fact that it does get dark, I'm having a problem with that. But what's bothering me the most is I don't know who to talk to about it. But within the last, I'd say, last 10, 11 years, I don't have a problem. I'm 55 meet, meeting men, but it never works out. I, I've just had enough. But I'm scared to live alone because I think something's going to happen to me. And I hate laying here in the bed because I'm like, what if I die or something? And I'm here all by myself. And that's very fearful and scary. And I go through this almost every night. It is. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear that, that you're struggling with that type of anxiety and worried like that at night, because that's an awful feeling to sit there and to be worried like that. So definitely my heart goes out to you for sure. What have you tried to do that have, um, like, in what ways have you reached out to try to meet different people? I, I, I pretty much give up. The only person I talk to is my dad, and he keeps saying he'd rather see me. He'd rather see me be alone than to be mistreated. But my my mom passed away, and he had remarried. So I understand I'm getting mixed signals. Yeah, well, you're right. You're you're right, and that's really that is definitely really hard. I think it's probably difficult for I know as a father it would be difficult to ever con uh, even think of someone being harmful toward my daughter. So I can imagine through his eyes that maybe he's thinking, maybe he's well intentioned with his thought of, I don't want you to be hurt, but maybe that message is not coming across well. And is, but my question is, do you have to only meet or stick with someone who's going to be hurtful? Is there a different way to reach out to people and maybe where you might be meeting them that could, you know, kind of give you a different group? But it's, uh, well, I, I don't have a problem meeting guys, but it's just that it's the same personality, one after the next, one after the next, one after the next. I've pretty much given up, and I, um, but I'm, I'm very, very afraid sometimes to be alone. I, I'm, I'm, and then with the way society is, I'm wondering, oh, my God, what if I die? I hate to think like that, and I'm like, well, I'll be in my apartment all by myself. Self won't nobody know. Isn't that terrible? Right, right, right. Yeah, it is. and then definitely, that's a definitely that's a tough, tough, tough thought to have. So when you once you take care of the physical things that you can do, like uh, locking your door and things like that, once you're in your house, now the question is, 
what you're left alone with are your thoughts. And the one thing that you can definitely work on, I can work on mine, we all can work on ours, is our thoughts. So what when you're saying some of those things like, oh no, what if I die or what if this happens and what if I'm alone? What if you, what, when you're at a place of peace, let me ask you this, when you're at a place of peace where you feel really good and really peaceful, what are your thoughts centered on? Uh, actually, I, I stay in my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> I like I like my bedroom, and I close my door. I feel safe, but it's just still scary because my mind my mind just won't stop. Okay, so when you're in your so you actually do like that room, and I and that's that's great to know that that's a place of peace for you. But when your mind, when you do have moments of peace, when you have moments of peace, what is your mind thinking of? What's your mind thinking about? Only time I really get moments of peace is when I'm asleep. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And so when let's work on that then. So one of the things you can start to do is this. Let's say so if uh, I taught my daughter to do this to do this early on, like if there was a um let's say an advertisement for a scary movie coming on. So my daughter was real young. I used to say to her, "Look, I don't want you to watch this and not just because I'm your dad and you're young, but because I don't want you to put that type of image in your mind because I don't think that you're really going to want that in your mind. I always tell mm-hmm. young people like if I gave you a bucket and I you know what do you have in whatever you put in that bucket is going to be in that bucket. Same thing with your mm-hmm. mind. Whatever you put in your mind is going to be in your mind. So gee, what if you were to fill your mind with things like loving kindness or I'm safe or your spiritual uh, your your faith like start to really put that in the foreground of your mind. I, I try. I, I do try to do that, and uh, and then all of a sudden it just goes back to this. Oh boy, what if something happens to you? Or I don't know why that is really. And I wanted to talk to somebody about that because society is kind of so bad now that I'm afraid to go places. Well, it, it, you know what it is, and I'm glad that you. Re- it is society is tough, but at the same time. It's not as tough as sometimes we are. We because when you're watching, let's say you're inside and you're watching television, and you're only getting the news. Your the news is only high. They're not going around saying, you know what? In 98 percent of the houses, nothing bad happened today. You know, there were some really good people today who went by and, and said hello to other people. They're not telling you that story. It's only news if it's something that you know is real negative. So that's some, what it is. That's what's bothering me. Right, right, right. So it comes back to what are you filling your mind with? If you're watching Watching things that are that are giving that self-talk like oh my goodness this is a really scary world then my goodness if I watch the news I wouldn't want to leave my house either if that's all you know if I'm watching a lot of that so it's kind of a catch-22 when you're staying in your room and you're not getting out especially if you're watching those types of things that are perpetuating that fear then that's gonna keep you frozen there so one of the things I want to ask you to do is this if you know being able to find a counselor in your area and go sit down with the counselor have you ever tried that Yes yes I have and and, and it they they just ask me questions and it's like I can answer my own questions I don't really feel like I'm getting the help I need Okay, well, definitely there's different types of counselors for sure and that's that's true and you know what I do believe that you can answer your own questions I'm with you on that but if you were to give yourself advice, what advice would you give yourself, honestly? Well, I think my advice I give myself right now is I guess I should love myself a little bit better and stop worrying about, am I going to meet somebody nice? Because all of it looks like it's not. And I have to learn how to just love myself and be by myself. 
Uh, first of all, I think that's absolutely profound, really excellent advice. So yes, you are 100% right. Loving yourself more is huge. Here's what I think might happen, honestly. I think when you're in a, fa- a, a place of anxiety and fear, sometimes we attract that. And when we're in a place of peace, when we're in a place of love and self-love and compassion, we tend to attract that too. So I say, become what you want to attract. If you want to attract love and peace and, and all that, make yourself that space inside your mind. And I won't, and don't be surprised if you don't start to see that manifesting for yourself a little bit more. Okay. Gee, that's excellent. I'm so glad you reached out. I think that's, you know what I want to, I want to just compliment you one more time about this. You actually took the time to reach out. And a lot of times people struggling with anxiety and stuck inside won't even reach out. So I love that you were able to do that. And was it as bad as you thought when you got to reach out? No, it wasn't as bad. I feel like I, I was able to get something off my chest, but I just, uh, I don't like how my mind is. Sometimes my mind just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. I just can't take it. Oh, you know what? And listen, so I understand that maybe you haven't sat with the counselor that fit with you in the past, but I don't want you to give up on it because there are all kinds of different counselors out there and some of them just resonate. Counselors are human beings, so some of them are going to be more a better fit for you or not, but I don't want you to give up on it because it's kind of like if you go, like if I went to the gym and there was a trainer there, like maybe one trainer, you know, might not be the best trainer for me, but I don't want to give up on working out because that's really healthy for me. So I don't want you to give up on working on your self-talk and counselors are kind of wonderful trainers to help you work on that self-talk. Okay. Gee, I hope you have a beautiful holiday season. I hope you find peace within and I hope you follow that advice that you gave yourself to love yourself better. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Definitely. Um, what beautiful advice that uh, G gave right there to love herself better. Look, I really do believe profoundly that we all have the answers within, but a lot of times we don't take the time to stop and look inward. See, here's what I really believe my job is. I believe my job is to hold up a mirror so that you can see what it is that's going on with you. A lot of times we can't see it when we're in it. We just can't see it. That's why That's why on Monday morning, we can say what our favorite football team could have done differently the day before, because once it already happened, we have that insight from the outside. So for me, I feel like I'm just going to help you see whatever it is that you're struggling with. And once you say it, once you crystallize it, it becomes more clear. So I think that it's, you know, it's interesting because we had two calls in a row regarding anxiety. And if I could circle back to Cynthia for a minute, I would say, you know, if I could kind of just add a piece, because I, I really I really believe that we're not going to help a situation by worrying about it. It doesn't make never in the history of the world. Do we say, OK, well, I worried. So my worrying did it. No, your worrying might have motivated you to act. And in that case, it's wonderful to be mindful and listen to your emotions. But worrying itself is not going to solve something. But. When we can heal things within ourselves, that reverberates, that echoes out much farther than anything else. So a lot of times when I'm working with people who are struggling with anxiety, my message isn't about what I teach them. It's about me taking care of my emotional energy. So if I can become very calm and very still in a session when I'm working with someone with anxiety, then they feed off of that. 
So to Cynthia, if I would say, if I give you one more final thought, it's, I know that worrying is not going to help. So with love and compassion and holding a space for your loved ones, that's going to be more helpful. And if you can do that from a place of calmness, that can really be transformative. If you want to be a part of the show, if you've got specific things you want to work on, things you want to ask me about, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text me at 866-391-10, you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. The number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. And look... I want to go to the right automotive text line and it says uh, from Dave says, I lost both my parents in the last 13 months. My goodness, Dave, I'm so sorry to hear that. I think the holidays are going to be hard. How do I pivot and deal with my siblings? There's a lot of tension, Dave. Okay, Dave, first of all, I'm really, really sorry to hear that. I cannot imagine that. I mean, within the last 13 months, to know that you're going through losing both of your parents. Um, and then, look, when it comes to moving through the holidays, now it sounds like it's going to be maybe the first time for both of them being gone uh, for this particular holiday and obviously maybe the second time for the for, for one of them since it's 13 months. But it's going to be difficult. Like, I, I think one of the hardest things is change is coming and change is happening. And for me, I think for us to be able to really embrace change in the face of things that are very sad is difficult. And I, I really believe without knowing anything else about you, I'm going to guess that your parents' death has impacted your siblings and people handle grief differently. And people can do some very strange things around uh, death. So they, people react very differently. Some people may uh, rally and try to comfort others and look to see if others are doing okay. Some people might want to isolate and not want to talk about it. Other people might start to want like material things from, the, from, from your parents. And whereas some people might not understand that and they might think, well, this is really greedy that you would want something. The truth is on some level for some people, yeah, it could be greedy, but for a lot of people, they latch on to material things from someone after they pass away because that's a piece of the loved one. And they feel like they're getting that piece of the that loved one with them. So there's a lot of, there can be arguments around that. And I'm obviously just projecting because I don't know um, what the situation is. But if that does, I'm just telling you kind of a common thing that comes up is if by chance there are arguments over things and it seems really awkward for me, what I've done with uh, families through the years in counseling is say, let's throw it out there on the table. This is going to be an awkward conversation, but I would rather us get it, like throw it out there on the table than have it be underlying. Because look, if, if you throw it out on the table 
and you have the conversation and you keep things in terms of this is how I feel, this is just my perception, and I recognize that it's only part of the perception, when you throw it out there like that, it changes things. So I really want to kind of go over briefly my view of the box. I always say the imagine that you see one side of a box and you just physically from where you're sitting, you cannot see the other sides of the box. You might be able to see two sides at most, but you definitely can't see more than two sides. So anytime you're sitting in front of a big box and you can't see the other sides, you have to kind of set your ego aside and listen to what other people are seeing on the other side of that box. And that's what could happen with your siblings. They're each having their own experience of losing your parents. And it might seem like I have no idea why they're coming at it this way. I have no idea why they're looking at it this way. And so to pivot your perspective, it would be, let me swing my foot around and see another side of the box. And one way to do that is to listen. Like, tell me how this is impacting you. Like, this is impacting all of us. Tell me how it's impacting you. And my experience has been that when we seek to listen first, people are more likely to kind of open up and be honest about what they're experiencing. When we seek to tell people what they should be feeling or when we seek to tell people what we're feeling, now people are very open. So my advice is to come at your, not come at your, sit down with your siblings and say, let's have a conversation because, you know, we could, mom, mom and dad, maybe we're the glue in our family and with them not around, we could have a lot of difficult feelings and maybe that could push us off and I don't want to be pushed off. I want to stick with it. So um, that's one thing to do is to get right out and have that conversation. Dave, that's such an important uh, question. And I really appreciate that on that right automotive text line. Let's go to uh, Frank and in uh, Butler. Frank, you're on KDKA radio. Uh, yes. Um, I was wondering um, the pros and cons of talking over your estate with your children before you die. Okay, that's a that's a very important question, the pros and cons of it. What are you thinking? What are what are some of the pros and cons that come to your mind about it? Well, let me get my radio turned down here. But um, the um, thing that we've done so far is um, wrote out a document and explained a lot of things to the children that we uh, think would be important after okay. we die. Could, could you turn your radio down, way down, Frank, just while we're talking? Yeah, I'm trying to get up and do that. Just a minute. Please. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Thank you. But but I was going to tell you uh, that's. L let me just as you're as you're doing that. So it sounds like you've started to do this process. You've started to do this process because here's what happens. Like when we're doing pros and cons. <laughs> so the pros and cons of talking over your estate. Some of the pros of talking over your estate. Go ahead, Frank. Now, now give them to me. Well, um, I've done some simple things like uh, explained where the the documents are that we would they would need to have. For example, financial papers and stuff like that, and uh, where our checking accounts are and all that kind of stuff. And sent things as simple as what the combination is to a safe we have. And I think that's very very smart. What are some of the cons? Well, um, 
I'm not sure there are any, but uh, we haven't really discussed this with them except to tell them that if something happens to us, that there's four big envelopes in the top drawer of the file cabinet. Well, I don't want you and to announce it. I don't want you to announce it on the air, but I do want you to. I want you went over that part. Like you let them know. You let them know the details of where to look for what it is that they need to know. And Frank, I think that's excellent. I think that's smart. I would say that the only cons are if you were to think, oh no, I didn't want them. I didn't want them to think this, or I didn't want them to value this as much as that. But if you don't, if you recognize that they're each in their own space and they might value things, different things for different reasons, then I'm with you. There aren't a whole lot of cons because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a big proponent of talking things out rather than keeping them inside. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I like that a lot, and I like what you're doing a lot. Thank you so much, Frank. That's such an important, important question. Um, pros and cons the more we talk it out the better it is so we're going to talk things out 866-391-1020 is the number or you can email me on kdkaradio.com or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line that's the best deal in pittsburgh this is the emotional management show i'm dr christian conti on kdka radio this is emotional management i'm dr christian conti we all have issues. I mean, we all have issues. We are all struggling. We're all in this life together, though. And I am here with you. If you want to talk to me, if you want to ask me something, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to get insight on, give me a call, 866-391-1020, or email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. We were talking about anxiety, and so I went on, uh, posted on Twitter, and my Twitter is at dr underscore Conti, C-O-N-T-E, Dr. underscore Conti. Um, and I posted a video. So YouTube, I do a lot of stuff on YouTube, and if you want to see if you ever wonder, hey, what does this guy sound like on the radio? What? No, obviously you know what I sound like on the radio. If you want to say, what does this guy look like? Uh, who's talking to me on this radio? Uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's YouTube. Just go to YouTube and type in Dr. Christian Conti, C-O-N-T-E, Dr. Christian Conti. But I have a video on anxiety, and I just kind of posted that to um, my Twitter, so it's up there as well, and I'll get it up on, I'll have the uh, team get up on Facebook as well. So anxiety is, we, a couple people had brought that up. So when G called in, when Cynthia called in, that, that theme of anxiety keeps coming up. And I, I want to hit on this because this is something that I talk about a lot, which is when you're struggling with anxiety, look, there is a tendency for us to live in lots of different places in our minds. So we can, people who struggle with depression primarily live in the past. People who struggle with anxiety primarily live in the future. But people who find peace live in the present moment. Because look, the present is all we have. We don't, we can't, we'll never get to the future. And that's why earlier talking to, and, and both, I, both of our Earlier callers on the earlier hour talked about that question, what if, and what that question does. Because what if can eat us up? It can eat us up. 
what if makes us think, okay, in the future, this might happen, that might happen. So the challenge is living in the future and you want to find a way to bring yourself back to the present moment. It's another reason why I say telling yourself, I'm okay, I'm safe. In, as long as you, in the present moment, you are okay, you are safe. And if we let our mind run wild on what might happen, my goodness, it can get big fast. So let me tell you about what uh, a panic attack is. A panic attack usually occurs. Our mind always wants to match our body. So your mind wants to match your body. If you drink too much caffeine, your mind is going to create a story that's going to race to make sense out of why your body feels so amped up, why your body feels anxious. And so learning how to not tell yourself that story, how to take away that story. Maybe you want to figure out what story it is that you're telling yourself. So you might say, okay, I, I get this concept, but what am I telling myself? The number is 866-391-1020. If you want to call in and ask and say, what, what is it that I'm telling myself? Because a lot of times those thoughts are subconscious thoughts. They're underneath our consciousness. We're not really aware of what thoughts we're telling ourselves. In other words, yes, once we talk it out, you might say, okay, I'm realizing I'm saying what if a lot, but if you don't really bring that to your awareness, you're saying that all day and that can really, really weigh on you. And, you know, anxiety is about living again in the future rather than in the present. So I'm going to go to the right automotive text line. I have an extremely powerful text from Debbie. Dr. Conti, my sister was uh, burned in a house fire on October 23rd. She died violently. She was burned beyond recognition. I have her ashes. I'd like to know what you feel I should do to keep my spirit up during the holidays. Debbie, Debbie, my goodness, my heart is just, it kind of takes a pause as I read that. And there's just a moment of a beat as I'm, as I'm, I could feel my heartbeat as I read that. I mean, that's just absolutely what an awful, awful thing. So my heart definitely goes out to you. So what can you do to keep your spirit up during the holidays? First of all, this just happened. And I think a lot of times we, we kind of get away from that feeling and think that maybe we have to be up for the holiday. So first of all, I want to make sure you have the permission and give yourself the permission that if this is a holiday where you say, you know what, I kind of want to embrace where we are and I'm not happy during this holiday and I'm not going to be able to have that, um, then that's okay. That is perfectly okay. But if you do want to change around what's going on or, or you want to relook at it, or I use that analogy of pivot early on in the show, if you do want to pivot in a different direction, then one thing you could do is think about and hold strongly to your spiritual beliefs. I think all too often, like we are, we have spiritual beliefs, we have faith, but then in these moments where we're really struggling, we tend to forget about what that faith is, or at least we put it on the back burner when that might be the time to bring it to your foreground. And so as awful, as awful as that is about how she died, about how absolutely terrible that is, that moment is gone and she is no longer suffering. And I think that is something to make sure you're mindful of, because I think a lot of times 
because that's the memory that you have of that last moment of her. And it's so violent and it's so awful. Even you using that word violent that you could get caught up as that being the last piece. Whereas for her, that piece, that suffering is gone, is done. And that is not in the foreground. So imagine that you're uh, running somewhere and you step on something and it hurts for a minute and you say, ow, but then you keep going and then you've forgotten about it over time. It goes away and it heals. You're done with that pain. That pain's gone for you. Well, for whatever it is that you stepped on, whatever that thing was that you stepped on to hurt your foot, that still remembers that intensely. So think about it for you, like you're you're in that moment because this is what happened, but your sister's has, has transcended that pain, is not in that pain. So I don't want you to hold fast to that violent moment because that can be too overwhelming. So I would instead celebrate her life, celebrate the good moments of her life. I would celebrate the wonderful things that she taught you, gave you, and the things that impacted you in a positive, loving, peaceful way. The more you celebrate those things, the more your focus becomes on the beautiful aspect of her spirit and not on that awful last moment. Instead, I want you to focus on the beauty of her life. What a... What a powerful, powerful question. I appreciate that, uh, Debbie. That is really, really powerful. My heart goes out to you. The number is 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. It's the show about you. Whatever you're struggling with, you get to call in and talk, 866-391-1020, or email me on the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com, or text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I threw out earlier that YouTube channel, because I do a lot of videos, and I really just make that about trying to help as many people as possible. I really believe that there aren't enough mental health services in the world for people. And I think we all need more uh, resources to and access to mental health concepts and ideas. And so I do a channel about life. Like I talk about all kind of different uh, subjects and I will do things on different emotions. I will do things just on life, how to handle different situations. It's, it's really interesting YouTube because you can film something in your house and people can see it from all over the world. So I've heard from people literally all over the world and it is beyond humbling. And my daughter and I made a video, uh, 10 ways to discipline your children a year ago. And it is very close to a million views now. I think it has needs like 20,000 views left to a million. So that's kind of cool. It's really interesting to be a part of. So, uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. You go to YouTube. It's Dr. Christian Conti. Let's go to the, uh, let's, uh, so the, I'm going to go to this, uh, text and the text is this, the text says, um, this is from anonymous and it says, I work with some men who put me down and say demeaning things about me. I'm not sure if it is bullying, but I feel it is at least harassment. Do you have any suggestions for how to deal with this? Yes, absolutely. I have suggestions. Um, first of all, let me say this. It is not okay 
It's not okay for people to put you down and say demeaning things about you. It is not okay. We are not living in 1950. It is not okay for people to say things, although I don't think it was okay back then. I think it's time for us to shine light on it. So do I have some suggestions? Yes. It is to go talk to a supervisor. Go tell someone. Let someone know and be vocal about it. Let people know. If you want, in the future, you can call in and we can talk about how you can uh, be assertive if by saying what you want to say to the people to say, no, that's not okay to talk to me like that. Um, but that part, you're never responsible for how people uh, treat you. And for people to say demeaning things to you, you have a right to feel safe at work and not have to go through that. So I would strongly invite you to talk to your uh, your boss, your supervisor, and let them know. Great question. Let's go to the phone lines. Joe in Lawrenceville, you're on Emotional Management KDKA. Joe, welcome to KDKA. Yes. Um. Can you hear me? Yes. Is this you're a little bit, a uh, little tiny bit faded? Well, maybe it's because I'm in the basement. But um, in fact, I'm I'm sorting through my mom's things and uh, trying to make Christmas of uh, I just lost her in June. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I'm just. I have the radio down here because there's so much stuff. And uh, I've heard you talk about, you know, how you attach yourself to to them through their their things. And I'm very much that way. But also what what's bothering the heck out of me is uh, her parting. Mm, every time I go there, I, I it's okay. start to cry. It's okay. Her parting was not easy. Mm. And I took a break. I had to leave her. She was at a nursing facility. And I took a break to go home and feed my dog. And I think my, somehow I knew, I knew that it was very close to her parting. She was in hospice. Mm. But I didn't know how close. And as I was coming back to the nursing facility, I got a call just as I was parking that mm. she passed. Mm. I missed, and I was the only relative here. So, so she passed by yeah, herself. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm really, be, I'm so sorry to hear that because I can hear it in your voice and how much that's impacting you. Let me ask you this. Do you think, uh, how, you, do you think that maybe there was a, a reason for that? Like maybe that she wanted to make sure that, that there was, she didn't want to put that on anybody or didn't want anybody to be there in that moment. Do you think she kind of had a sense of that? Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I've had people tell me that over and over, but, um, I was holding her hand and trying to talk to her before I took a break to go home and feed the dog. And when I tried to put her hand down, she made, you know, if anybody's lost her, she made these sounds like even, even with all the meds that she was on and very close to dying, she could feel that I was putting our hand down. Mm. And I still left. Oh, my goodness. I can I hear, feel like God should shoot me through the head. No, no, my goodness. Listen, first of all, that is like a beautiful sign that she was able to say something. And it wasn't that you left. It was that there was something happened in that moment. Like, I really believe things happened for a reason. Something happened in that moment that you knew that that was the connection and that's what it was. But there was something in you that got, that had you get up to leave. 
And there was something about that. And for you to own that as like that was guilt or wrong, I don't, I, I guess I just have a hard time believing that. I don't think it was uh, a wrong thing or a bad thing. I think that was the right moment. You had that moment. And maybe that was her way of saying like, you know, thank you and wanting you to, to go. Like for you to interpret it as though it was something wrong, I really hate to see you interpret it that way. Because it sounds like you even have friends and other people who are saying, no, you were supposed to not be there in that moment. Yeah, I guess it's just the idea of her leaving alone. You know, leaving alone. I mean, if you imagine your own mom or your daughter parting this world without without you there, nobody there. Well, I'd say uh, more more in line, like, I'd say that you were there. It sounded like you were there. You were the only one who was there. And then in that last moment, like, for some people really don't want to have somebody there in that last moment. Other people, other people do, but some people don't. And so my guess is that the right thing happened that was supposed to have happened. And, you know, like, it's, look, we could be really close. You could be really close with a loved one. But if you need a moment to step away and use the restroom, you don't want that loved one with you right there in that moment, you know, like you need that moment alone. And so for whatever reason, the universe directed you to leave in that moment for her to be able because she needed that moment alone and she didn't want anybody right there in that moment. And um, it's just I, I, I think you feel me on that. I, I, under, I understand. I just keep I, I can't I can't forgive myself. Mm. And I understand what you're trying to say, but um, and I keep I hope that maybe I'll get it because I just can't seem to let go. Okay, let me ask you this: Do you have any faith? Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Um, you know, I'll tell you the truth, I'm sort of a I I believe there's some great huge force that for the better. That's about, that's about, I think it's about the extent of what human beings can realistically believe. Anything else beyond that <laughs> is, uh, is speculation. So I'm with you on that. All right. So there's something else out there, whatever it is, I'm guessing that she's in a space where she would probably not want you to be sitting there thinking, Oh no, I messed up in this moment or I wasn't there in this moment. Do you think that she would, what do you think she would want for you if she was in a place with this greater being in this place of oh. peace? She would definitely not want me to be like this. Okay. So um, sitting there right now talking to you right now, what would your mom say to you right now? She would say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one upside the head unless you get on <laughs> with life and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Your mom sounds good. I like her. I like her. I like what she says. So she'd say, all right, I, I'll give you one upside the head. I need you to move on with it. How does that, how does that resonate with you? It, it, I. Uh, it resonates right now. It just maybe I'm still in grief. I don't know. It was June 14th that she passed. Yeah, well, um, absolutely, you're still in grief, and it's okay to be in grief. It's okay to be in grief. What I hate to see you do, and I kind of want to support what your mom would do and, and say, I want to slap you upside the head, is I don't want you, and I'm saying that in humor and love, but I don't want your, I don't want you to sit there and say, oh, in this moment, I should have been here in this moment. I should, I should have these terrible thoughts. I don't want you to have that guilt, and the reason why is I don't believe that if, if – I believe that if your mom is in this place of peace, if your mom is in this beautiful space with this divine being, whatever it is – she is not going to sit there and go, I can't believe that moment. No, she wants you to spend your life living. 
She gave you life because she wants you to have life and she wants you to live. She does not want you to sit in that guilt. So be sad if you need to be sad, but let's throw that guilt out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. 100%. Thank you you for calling. I appreciate it. And listen, when you're down there from now on, every new object that you pick up of hers, I want you to picture her giving you a big old smile and love and a laugh (laughs) and saying, I'm going to slap you upside the head. You don't look at me with the love (laughs) and live your life with love. I will. All right. Thanks for calling. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Definitely sending you a lot of peace. I think I think that that you know my heart definitely goes out to Joe to know that she's going through that. We give ourselves so much guilt, and I just don't buy into that. People in a divine space are going to want us to sit and feel guilt. I think if you really are in a divine space, you're going to want people to have peace, and I certainly wish peace for Joe. And for everyone tonight, the number is 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show. Or you can email me on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text me at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where we talk about emotions. The number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. I am really excited. On the phone with me is uh, one of my close friends, Jake Wiskirchen. He is a counselor. He runs Zephyr Wellness. He's way out in Reno, Nevada, and it is pronounced Nevada for all you Pennsylvanian listeners. Um, yeah, don't don't put a W or an H in there. It's not <laughs> Nevada. So, Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Definitely. So we are. Um, so Jake and I go way back. He started. He was a student of mine more than a decade ago. I can't believe that. Think about that. Twelve years ago, um, yeah, we met. Nutty. It's, it's so long. And now uh, Jake is, he owns and operates a wellness center, Zephyr Wellness. And tell, tell a little, give a little bit of background of what you're doing, Jake. Sure. I don't mind a plug for uh, people in the East Coast. Um, so, we, I mean, we call it Zephyr Wellness, but we're basically outpatient psychotherapy um, because we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves into just doing that uh we envision ourselves you know 20 30 years in the future doing all sorts of wellness from you know i don't know uh, energy work and reiki to chiropractic to massage to who knows where it goes but the idea is that um we didn't want to call ourselves zephyr behavioral health or zephyr uh you know uh, counseling or whatever so so we, we chose zephyr wellness and um we uh we take all forms of medicaid and we take most major insurances but but i think the the crown jewel in our Caps is that we host graduate students doing their uh, counseling uh, studies, and and when they're in their practicums, they have to perform a certain number of hours in order to graduate. And we host those people, and it's it's an ability to serve those who either uh, don't have insurance that we take or who lack the ability to pay. And and I really like that because it means that we get to serve uh, everybody, and we don't get to we don't have to turn anybody away, which is really cool. And there's there's like so much more to say partnerships and whatnot community right stuff, right um, in school but 
yeah, that's that's basically the overview. But one of the things that I guess I would love for the audience to hear, and really, Jake, we have listeners from all over the country. We had people uh, actually in different countries reach out to us on this show. So we definitely have a, a reach here. Um, but one of the things that I want the listeners, what everybody hear, why I'm so like, I love having you on is out of the, everyone I try, I trained counselors for, you know, almost, I guess, 15 years of my life. And, you know, they're mm -hmm. very, just a handful of people who I say right now, Hey, listen, if you're going to go talk to somebody, go find a way to go talk to this guy. Um, and you, you or this person, and you are one of those people um, like my, the, the, you're the person I want people to go see. Look, I was talking earlier. We had some callers who are dealing with really intense stuff. The holidays are coming up and they are dealing with grief and loss. And I think one of the universal concepts of counseling is no matter where you are, you're experiencing it. So I'm here in Pittsburgh, you're out in Nevada, but I'm guessing you're seeing clients who are dealing with the same type of stuff, concerns about the upcoming holidays and grief and things like that. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And I, th I think what, what I tell everybody, which, I mean, it seems a little cliched and a little cheeky, I think, but um, every time I say it, I get a, a pretty positive response. So I guess maybe it's not that overplayed, is that the, the turning of a calendar year from any sort of loss, um, you know, tragic or, or otherwise, is really significant. That 12-month that period following the, um, following the, the loss is it's really impactful because you get to go through all the I say get to very intentionally and purposely because it's a, it's a privilege to endure these kinds of things as you and I know um, endurance mm -hmm. and, and suffering is, is is a privilege because we get to overcome and then we get to tell the story about it mm -hmm. later but but you get to endure these hallmarks on the calendar um, you know holidays um, uh, days off uh, certain certain seasons, uh, things that remind you of of whatever it was that uh, ended up creating the distress in your life. So as you as you overcome these uh, obstacles, once you do it the first time, uh, it becomes easier the second time, and that goes for all sorts of habits and and um, you know anything we would endeavor to do. So you know if you do something once, it's easier the second time, and it's easier the third time, and the fourth and fifth and sixth. It just becomes easier and easier until you have a habit in place. So the, the same holds true for overcoming uh, loss and, and when you're dealing with grief. If you can get through that first calendar year of events, I've found that the, the people who are struggling struggle a lot less on the, on the next calendar year. So it doesn't matter whether it's January 1 to, to December 31. It could be you know, June 6 or whatever. But from June 6 to the following June 5, um, if you, as you go through and you, you get through everything as it presents to you and it reminds you of the, the thing that you lost or the person that you lost or whatever it is, um, it, it just becomes easier the next time around. So, you know, a lot of that has to do with um, time and distance and so forth. But if you can intentionally approach those things with an attitude of uh, appreciation for what it is that you lost instead of lamentation for having lost it, I think that can be incredibly empowering. I tell you what, I think that that what you just said really could have just significantly changed some people and impacted people's lives 
because the idea, the concept of it's a privilege to endure these things, something you and I have talked about. I mean, I love I, I the co I say to people all the time, like if you were going to watch a movie, you don't sit down and watch somebody staring at a movie. You watch an adventure movie or you watch something that happens. You want to see something happen. Right. But then in life, when something happens, we say, oh, something's happening. But but I say, let's reshift how we're seeing it and say something's happening. Great. This is a privilege to endure this. I'm not saying that we like what's happening all the time and I suffer. You suffer. We have things that upset us. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like the way you phrase it is, I think, perfect. It's a privilege to endure these things because we're alive we're living totally and and i think i mean as much as i try to talk people out of comparison when it's pathological and and for the listening audience pathological just means not helpful um but but when it's not helpful i try to talk people out of the idea of comparing because comparison can can somewhat steal our joy in fact teddy roosevelt has a quote that says comparison is the thief of joy but um the idea is that um, we want to compare emotionally because if we compare emotionally, um, we can't really truly enjoy our, our joy without comparing against the suffering that, that maybe we have endured from, from time to time. So there's a great line from the Tao Te Ching where Lao Tzu says, if people see some things as beautiful, they'll see other things as ugly. The moment we compare, you're right, we have one thing mm -hmm. from this up to this down, and instead it's about embracing that. Now, look, I, I mean, I, I think... I think when people, we just had a very powerful caller. I'm not sure if you would have heard that caller or not, but the, she had lost her mother on June 14th. And, um, and you know, she wasn't able to, she was with her all the time, but then just in the final moment, she wasn't there. And so she was really hard on herself for not being there in those final moments. And I really don't, like mm. I, what I wanted to reach in her heart and have her feel was, I don't believe that her mother would, in this place of whatever the whatever your specific belief is, in some space of with a divine being, I don't think her mother would want her to sit and be upset about that final moment. I think she would want her to be living her life. And I think that to anyone out there struggling with grief around that, like I think your loved ones, when they're in a space of peace with a divine being, they're going to want you to be living your life and find peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and pardon the noise. I've got a toddler running around um, wrestling cardboard uh, away from its plastic housing by way of uh, stripping of its tape. <laughs> so, That's Elijah, awesome. You'd be a little quiet. I'm on the phone, buddy. Elijah, um, you're welcome I, I on the radio, buddy. I think that um, anyone who's who's wrestling with um, with with the divine uh, would not wish stress upon those who are, of us who are still walking the earth. Um, I, I, I just think that from my worldview, um, and, it, and it really aligns with yours too. And we've discussed this, but like we, we really should have like a, a nine D nine hour show uh, <laughs> nonstop, but, um, to cover all topics. But I think that, um, my worldview is such that once you, once you reattain, uh, alignment with divinity or with God, uh, there is no more suffering. And once you have that full awareness, you wouldn't want suffering for anybody else, which means that if, if that, if that person you lost could reach down into earth again, and our, you know, trials and tribulations, um, your, your lost loved one would, would, like you say, like reach into, into somebody's heart and say, don't worry about me. I'm good. Like, don't, don't guilt yourself anymore. Get off that shame, guilt treadmill. Um, I'm at peace and I wish you to be at peace too. And right. I, I think that if we can, if we can somehow take the view of the person who is already at rest, uh, tr truly at rest, because uh, they don't have to struggle anymore, 
then we ourselves can be at rest too. And I think the same goes for the concept of forgiveness, but that's a different wormhole that we can dive into later. No, I love that. Taking the view of the people at rest. His name is Jake Wiskirchen. He's going to stick around um, for the, the last segment. But if you want to ask us a question 866-391-1020 or you can email us on the dollar bank instant access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line that's the best deal in pittsburgh and maybe we'll even hear a little bit from elijah coming up this is emotional management on kdka (laughs) this is emotional management it's the show where you get to call in write in talk about the things that you're dealing with, that you're struggling with, how to face what's going on in your life. On the phone line with me is Jake Wiskirchen, one of the best counselors in the country. I'm honored and privileged to have him on this show. Jake, we have a text we're going to get to here in a minute, but something I just want to highlight for listeners a statement you made about when people are struggling, and a lot of our listeners out there are they're going through tough times or missing people who who've passed away and use that phrase privilege to endure these things. I just think that's so powerful for people to hear. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the text is because you kind of left me hanging there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to read the text now. Okay. So here's our yeah. text. Here's the text. Yeah. Um, this is, this is powerful. In the last year and a half, I've lost my husband and both parents. I have days that I find it difficult to get things done, even out of bed, and then others that are good. I feel so uh, guilty, quote, when I waste time, but I cannot make myself move. Now, there's not a name attached to this, but I want to say um, with, a, you know, this to be able to, first of all, my heart, I know Jake's feels the same way, goes out to you for having lost your husband and both parents in the last year and a half. And Jake, you tell me your first response, but my first response is how could she not have days where she finds it difficult to get things done or out of bed and then some days where she feels good and might feel guilty about wasting time? But how could she not feel that way? Well, my first response is that sucks. And um, there's there's no other way to frame it. Um, I mean, one of the things they teach us in counselor school, as you know, because you were one of the teachers, is... (laughs) you, you want to feel as another person feels that that's empathy and we got to get out of our own way to do that. We don't, we, we take off the idea that, you know, if I were you, I would have, cause, cause there is no such way to do that. So, um, you, you just, you just try to be as the person is and, and that sucks. Like I, I can't possibly wrap my head around that much loss. It's just devastating. And I've, and I've worked with people who have endured that kind of thing. Um, and so what we do is what we're trained to do is we, we sit with people in that stuff. We don't, we don't have a riddle. I'm sorry. We don't have a solution because it's not a riddle to solve. Um, there is no magic bean. Uh, I think medical science by and large has brought us to the point where psychologically we step into a counselor's office and we want to, we want an instant solution. And, you know, an instant gratification society has, has brought us to that point too. You know, everything's Googleable and, um, customizable and so goes it with our pain and we just unconsciously expect that we're going to have it taken away and that's not the point the point is to experience it fully embrace it fully own it as our own and uh and and be sad for i mean deeply deeply sad for as long as it takes 
uh, until we come out of it. And that's, that's all relative upon the, um, upon the person who's experiencing it. Um, well, I, listen, there, I, talked to no a guy, I talked to a guy today. I talked to a guy today who said, I just lost a relationship and I just, I just don't want to feel like this. And I said exactly what you said. I said, I feel mm-hmm. for you so badly that you don't want to be feeling like this, but it's just not that way. Like you lost a relationship. He had done some things and, and, and he made some mistakes. And so she left him and he said, well, I, but I, I can't, you know, I can't fix it. I said, you can't, you cannot fix it. That's not what emotions are. Like it's, I, I like the way you phrase no. it. It's not a, it's not a riddle to be solved. It's not, it's not a fix it. Um, and so I don't, we don't have a name on this text, but I definitely want to say, I do wish that you could be easy on yourself and accept that you are where you are. You are going to have times when you are okay, the human attention spans eight eight minutes. That means you're going to, at some points, have to pee in the middle of thinking about something sad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's going to be a break in whatever you're thinking at some point, and that's okay. That's called being human. I think that's the, the, what you're touching on there is the concept of self-validation. So um, when we can look at ourselves and say, what I'm going through is okay, and not only is it okay, it's completely uh, normal and beyond that, it's required. If we're going to be part of the human species, we have to feel things because if we don't feel them, we're going to stuff them down and then it's going to blow out somewhere else. And what I teach is that if you don't tolerate your emotions, uh, you will eventually emote. And I love that you use the go and pee reference because that's something I use in, in my teaching of emotional uh, tolerance. Emotion is a necessary physiological function that tells us what's going on in the environment, and we, we're to learn something from that, and I can go deeper in this you know, another time. Um, actually, I have a podcast called Noggin Notes. If anybody wants to download that, um, you can. Uh, and there's an app associated with it for emotional tolerance and emotion management called Noggin Notes. But the idea is that having to go pee is an equally necessary physiological function for evacuating waste from the body. And we can similarly override that for some period of time, but uh, it only goes for so long until we, you know, piss down our leg in the middle of math class because we're not, we're not attending to our bladder. And similarly, um, if we don't attend to our emotional uh, functioning, we will emote and will emote in a very unhealthy way in the form of, you know, something like drug addiction or, addic- or alcoholism or violence or uh, any number of things, psychosis. That, uh, that don't beget, you know, healthy living. So, uh, first of all, I want to definitely highlight Noggin Notes and the podcast, N-O-G-G-I-N, Noggin Notes. Shameless plug. Uh, no, it's wonderful. I think it's a, that's why you do it, is to get the information out there. And then to say, you're right, like these are these are physiological responses. And I talked about it last week on the show about how, what if we can learn from our emotions rather than run from them? In other words, I usually visualize anger as an old wise man who's there to teach me something, a lesson, like there's, he's there to teach me something. And I, and my job is to be open to learning that lesson. So I definitely buy into that concept a lot. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, You're you're going to be on a lot more. So I appreciate uh, you doing this and taking the time but I'm just letting you know you're coming on a lot in the future. So thank you so much. Twist my arm. I'll, uh, I'll do it in the future. Thanks for having me. And, um, as always, you know, I wish everybody great mental wellness. Um, it's, if I had a, a magic wand to wave over everybody, it would be to make, uh, mental, psychological, emotional wellness as cool as physical wellness, where you're taking selfies in the lobby of your therapist's waiting room 
and posting to Instagram the way that we do with our CrossFit videos. I love it. So I love it. Post some, post some, post, post some videos of being in counseling. All right, Jake Wiskirchen yeah. and Noggin Notes is the podcast. Zephyr Wellness is the place. This is emotional management on KDKA Radio. I'm Dr. Christian Conti.